Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer 52 and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You're joining the monthly club but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging. Yeah, that's it, mate. Good support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown podcast, live on Red Army Radio and on the podcast apps. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Johnny, I'm with Dana and Elliot. And it was an eventful game yesterday. Middlesbrough lost 3-2 at Griffin Park. It is the first time that Brentford have beat Middlesbrough since the 19, was it 1950-something? 1960s, I It was a long time and it was the first time Brentford done a double over us in a long, long time. Um, I'm going to start off with you, Elliot. Um, Borough yesterday, um, twice, showed a lot of spirit, um, but it wasn't enough to secure a draw. Uh, do you think the Borough were a bit unfortunate not to pick anything up yesterday? Uh, possibly. I think I think we put up a good fight, but I think, probably on the basis of the whole game, I think Brentford probably edged it. Um you know, I think it was kind of a free hit for us. Really, we we kind of go in there. We didn't really expect a lot, so um, sort of score two, and you know, in the, in the manner that we did, um, I thought it, that was quite good from the borough. But um, look, those aren't the games that we sort of the games that we should be looking to win. Really, it's like I said, it's a bit of a free hit for us this season. So um, we go there and play without kind of pressure, really. So, um, but Brentford, it's all. A, Stakes for them, do you know what I mean? That the, the pushing for automatic promotion. So, um, yeah, I'm not too disheartened by the defeat. Weirdly, so mm, with Leeds falling apart yesterday again. <laughs> now it's the the equal point on equal points with Fulham in third. Brent, Brentford only a couple of points behind them. Do you think Brentford could actually go off Dana? Just out of curiosity, they could do. Yeah, I mean they've got the team to do so. I hope they do because, like I said last week, um, good club, good team, good set of supporters. Um, It'd be good to see them in the Premier League, to be fair. Yeah, in the new stadium as well. Mm. Um, what was your thoughts on the performance yesterday, by the way? Just uh, first half was first half was always going to be difficult. I think, um, you know, with them being the home team, coming off the back of a, a 5-1 victory against Hull, it's always going to be difficult for Borough. I think we lost the midfield battle after about 20 minutes. I think they had that opportunity uh, where Dale Fry headed it off the line. And then after that, we just kind of... 
we handed the uh, the control over to Brentford and um, yeah, first half was difficult, but second half, you know, was good. I think, like like uh, Elliot said, we battled back, and there's definite positives to take from that second half performance. Well, there was there was a lot of positives. Um, I thought we played well in the second half, but all three goals that we conceded yesterday are preventable. Um, and it, for me, it was it was really frustrating that the way the way we conceded goals and the way we are conceding goals, it's it's becoming quite a theme now where we're not really conceding a, a worldie. It's it just seems to be like. Really bad defensive errors from two or well. three, you know, two or three players before and our steps in. It's it's quite frustrating now, um, in a Boris perspective. But in terms of Dale Fry, um, Els obviously had a goal line clearance in the first half. Um, the first goal itself, it's not, it has nowhere, nowhere near Dale Fry's fault. It's actually Fletcher and George Savile and Mark and Ainsley Pears, um, <laughs> which was ag- quite aggressively as well. Um, must I add, um, but. The second and third one, you're looking at Dale Fry and you think he could do a lot more. Um, do you think Fry's? Do you think he's fortunate that we've had quite a lot of injuries in the last few games because there's been quite a lot of mistakes from him this season? Yeah, probably. I mean, um, I know Woody's got options, Don. He's got options, <laughs> um, but, but probably not. Um, probably not in defence. Um, Still, so I think obviously Dale's um, obviously kept his his place um, sort of because of that. Uh, but you know, if we had a, a lot of choices there, I, I think he probably could have been out of the team. Um, like you say the individual errors. It's not just only been him as well. There's been obviously a lot of the lot of the team, even Mister Reliable Johnny House and the way that um, Tottenham done it. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, there's been some very poor mistakes, and I think that's what we have to eradicate very quickly we've had different phases this season the the phase where we we couldn't you know hit a barn door and then we we kind of um we we showed up a bit defensively and and we, we kept a lot of clean sheets um and we were actually pretty good defensively thinking okay there's, there's your foundation there and then we started to score again we got a couple of wins and we're kind of reverting back to type um again with, with the form and the general way in which we play so I think there definitely needs to be some work on the, on the training ground on that. I noticed yesterday that ever since we came back from the podcast, our form's gone a bit bad, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we haven't. Are won. we to blame? We are. Well, is we that are. one of the pointers for this week? <laughs> the, and the Borough Breakdown to blame? Well, there is a reason why we call the Borough Breakdown. It's because Borough <laughs> yes. Breakdown every time we go on the, on the mic, to be fair. <laughs> we, we, we had half of our season's win in that time off we had at Christmas. And since we came back, no wins. I just I can't believe it. It's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't worry, there's, there's more to come about that um, Boris form later on. Um, but I'm going I'm to keep with Brentford for now, because um, actually Fletcher I want to speak about. Eight, eight goals a season, five assists, it's the highest for both. So he's the most influential player going forward. Um, Dan, do you think he's really starting to come into his own now and see the actual player that we bought? Well, I mean, we did pay £7 million for him at, from uh, West Ham, but is he starting to become the player that we actually bought in the first place? Yeah, and it's, I mean, we've really had to see that because, like you said, the price tag, it always lingers over, over players' heads. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's stepped up in the absence of Brit, and I think it's testament, really, to Fletcher that we haven't really missed Brit. And there's a few players like that in the team, actually, with, with Ainsley Pears as well. Um, you know, we, we haven't, I wouldn't say we've really missed Randolph a lot. I know you're going to speak about Ainsley Pears later, so we'll probably get more into the discussion about him, but... Um, Fletcher's been brilliant. I think he's isn't he on ten goals in all competitions. Yeah, all competitions. Eight, eight yeah, in eight in the yeah. league. You know, it's it's brilliant to see. And I've been a I haven't been a massive fan of Fletcher, and he's you know, like Tav, been proving me wrong. 
Mm. It's a lot of humble pie you're eating mm-hmm. at the minute. Humble pie free cost meal. Indeed. Uh, but I, I I agree. I think Ashley Fletcher's been superb um, over the last over the last few weeks anyway, uh, especially with the with Brick being injured. He is a quite direct uh, centre forward, and I thought he always needs someone around him. But it seems like when he, even when he's up front by himself, I think he did need a bit of help yesterday. And he needs a support like all strikers do. Um, but I thought he was he's starting to become a he, bit more impressive. He needs he needs the right service, doesn't he? He, he plays on sort of the last shoulder of the defender. Um, and he, you know, considering his height, a lot of people would think he'd be quite physical and quite good in the air. But that, I don't I don't think those are his strengths. He, he wants to play on the, la- the shoulder of the last defender wants to be fed in behind. Um, it seems to be the way that we're playing. A lot of our goals have came like that. Um, but we just need perhaps more regular um, and better service. Um, sometimes, obviously, when the midfielders either play a bad ball or they're, they're kind of doing what they were doing last year under, under Pulis of not playing the ball of, out of fear of maybe giving it away or, or whatever it is. But, yeah. Mm. So. I, I think... Call me crazy, but I think his best formation for Ashley Fletcher is a four-three-three with higher wingers. Um, it'll, it'll probably help him a lot more, but we don't have the players to play a four-three-three because we just get cut open, uh, like we did yesterday. Um, and I want to come on to a bit more about Woodgate. Um, but before we do that, we'll chat about Ainsley Pears now. Um, because Danny Baymore put in the question about Ainsley Pears and is it potentially to drop him? Um, he's a young keeper. He's obviously done his spells at Darlington and Gateshead. Um, he's he's came in when, well, when Randolph went AWOL. Um, he, he did. He wasn't injured. I'm putting out there. Um, but now he's not getting his his game for West Ham. So pff, there you go. Um, sorry. sorry. Yeah. I, you know what I am. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I don't think I've uh, come 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 down with me. Oh, wait. oh yeah. That's that, that's exactly me. I know what you mean. If yeah. I can create a thought, sad little life, Darren. Yeah, yeah sad little life, Darren. Enjoy the money. <laughs> um, but with Andy Pears, what you don't want um, is another Jason Steele scenario where a lot of pressure gets put on him um, and there's no real alternative uh, to play him. Um, but with Dejan Stojanovic coming in, um, is it time to potentially drop Ainsley Pears now and, and give the new guy a chance, even though he wasn't on the he wasn't on the bench again? Yeah, it's weird that. No, I don't think I don't think it is. Um, I think there's bigger problems um, for Borough the defence you know you look at the goals that we conceded yesterday the goals that we have been conceding the defence has just been poor and you know you've got to stop the crosses we've I mean yesterday there were so many defenders pulled out of position like for the third goal Dale Fryer was pulled out of position they got I think it was Norgard got in behind deflected cross pulled back then you've got 19 goal Ollie Watkins free in the box completely unmarked there's there's bigger problems for me than the Nancy Pairs and you don't want to be drawn into, you know, chopping and changing your goalkeeper because I know we've been drawing a lot of goals, uh, drawing a lot of games this season. I, I looked at the table, I think we've got the most draws in the division. Um, those draws could easily be turned to defeats if you keep chopping and changing your goalkeeper. And plus, Stojanovic isn't tested at this level. You know, if you take out pairs, it's got to be for somebody that is tested. So if, if we still had Dan Randolph, you know... Ainsley Pairs wasn't tested though, at this level. Yeah, true, but... He's always got to go through a difficult patch. Um, so if you go through a difficult patch, you do need a keeper to depend on. So, but do you take him out? That's the thing. If no, you... not 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 now. I think if he if he gets to the level of Jack Butland earlier on in the season where he was completely broken, then yeah, you take him out the firing line. But not at the moment, I don't think. Else, okay, you same boat. I I don't know really. Um, I was kind of all for it, but I think more so because I'm not. 
I wouldn't say I'm disappointed with Ainsley Pears. Far from it, really. I just think I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't mind if it was to happen. I think you've brought in a keeper for one million, um, you know, and he's not getting on the bench. I mean, what what's going on? It just seems a bit weird to me. It's kind of like I said, it's a free hit, so I don't think it really matters who plays. At, um, I think I think we will stay up. Um, the argument against it is kind of you know, Pears hasn't done an awful lot wrong but then he hasn't done an awful lot right either I can't really picture many um, times he's, he's really saved us like Randolph has um, I think in the, the games where we kept clean sheets that was more down to the the game itself and, and the um, the defence being better really um, and there's been some goals where I thought you know, maybe if Dan Randolph was in goal obviously we don't have him now so it's, it's hindsight but if Dan Randolph was in goal he, he probably would have done better with it um, but like you say the counter argument Again, is Stojanovic is not tested at this level, so it could be you could put him in for these next three games, which are fairly big games against the bottom three, really. And we need to pick up points to to make sure we're you know we're definitely safe. Um, so yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'd be all for it if it was to happen because I think you know you've got the three goalkeepers for a reason. He's he's been brought in. He's you know he's touted to be very good. Obviously, the scouts have seen something in him to. You know who's going out to watch FC St Gallen? So um, great team, bunch yeah. of football hipsters. So yeah, exactly. So that, that's a thing. Um, yeah, uh, maybe maybe give it a couple more games, especially these three crunch games to, to maybe chop and change your goalkeeper is a bit of a bad time now. But possibly after that, I think he has to at least have a chance this season anyway, Stojanovic. So, um, but overall, I, I wouldn't say in the past few games that Pez has been great. Um, well, do you but, think but, but, he was at fault for the goals yesterday more so than the defence were? Because I look at the goals, I think that's horrible defending, and we spoke about it off air before we before we came on here. The defence. I mean the just, the Dale yeah. the Dale Fry one obviously it's kind of he took a deflection um, from him and then it kind of altered its course. It was kind of like, yeah, it's not really his fault there, but it's kind of <laughs> you're a goalkeeper, so you kind of get these things shot here, and you say kind of like, I don't know, it's like maths equations isn't it it's mm. kind of like you, you just have to deal with the problem um and the better you are at dealing with it the, the higher rated you are at the, the, uh, your job isn't it so mm. um it's tough as uh, life as a goalkeeper is tough isn't it you, you come under the, the firing line a lot a so. or you can make a hundred saves but if you let one in you everyone remembers the one oh yeah, yeah. david seaman in the in the world cup it's you know yeah, he <laughs> had a brilliant career and then everyone just remembers that so yeah well remember when like england went through that phase of like rob green paul oh, robinson yes. um, david james david james yeah, where like england goalkeeper was like the job that no one wanted it's like it's like it wasn't the end of the world england was still winning games like three four nil and like they'd make one mistake and then everyone was like calamity james and i was, yeah. I was like oh, paul, paul robinson's was quite possibly the worst yeah. against croatia yeah that was a bad one yeah but to be fair, it's, it's goalkeeper's a horrible, horrible job. But I would like to see Stojanovic get his chance. Um, it could be anything, by the way. Like it could be like him settling in the area. It could be like just a mental thing. It could be anything, really. You just, you just don't know, do you? So, um, so I mean, I, I wouldn't be kind of but yeah, yeah, indifferent it. to it. If it, you know, if it, we, we, you know, if we got a Wigan on Tuesday and he's in the starting lineup, but I don't think it'll be too harsh on on pairs. Really, I don't think he's going to get too disheartened about it. I think he probably knows, you know, as a keeper. Um, your career goes on a lot longer than anywhere else, any other position. So, thanks to that twenty-one, you've still got a lot of room to grow. So, he's been quite fortunate to have a, a long run in the team. So, I think if he's out of it, he's still going to find his way back in at some point and, and play a part, a big part. So, 
definitely. Um, but it could be a contract thing as well. He's he's yet to sign a new contract yet, so it could be one of those things where yes, he will be here at the end of the season. But if he's not, if he's getting taken up the team now, are you really really wanting to sign a contract because you think, ah, oh, well, if I'm not going to play first team football, then I can probably get it somewhere else. Um, which I think. I think next season we probably will start with Stjanovic and goal more frequently, and I think Ainsley Pears will be either second, will be second choice, or be back out on loan to a league club. I think that's just the brutal reality of it. Um, and if we do that, great. If we don't, if he doesn't need players first choice, then that's fine. But as long as it's the right choice, it's or the right because we don't see what's happening on the training ground. But for mm. me, it's it's uh, I think. Dejan might be the, the guy. But um, we, I know we spoke about uh, Dill Fry. Um, but I want to speak about his, his partner in crime, Harold McCoody. Um, what, partner an, in crime. what an absolute signing he is, by the way. What a player. Um, he made Ollie Watkins look foolish for a good majority of that game. Um, we as happy with his performance from what you've seen? Yeah, um, when I did my little read-up on him before we, we did last week's podcast, it... it everything said all the accounts pointed towards him being a perfect fit for the championship physical built like a brick shithouse excuse Um, me sorry Dave (laughs) (laughs) but just physical you know the just the figure you know the just a physical player that I mean Woodgate said that he was a unit and he's capable of of passing the ball out from the back as well really comfortable in possession so yeah, really, really pleased with his performance. Just unfortunately, I think it came off him, didn't it, for the second goal? Second goal, it just yeah. didn't. Yeah, but couldn't do anything really about yeah. it, could he? Use, I mean, but good, promising performance. I'm going to say um, he is a lot better than what Danny Ayala is. There you go. You, there you go. You've got some for you know Danny Ayala, right. haven't you? I'm not even bothered if he didn't sign a contract, me. Honestly, I'm not. I like, I'm kind of bit, not bitter about it, but like, if we, <laughs> if we could pick between Harold McCurdy or Danny Ayala, I'd pick Harold McCurdy. Um, That's a bold claim off one performance. You know what? It, you can see it. You can see exactly why we, you, you bring him in. You can see why teams were after him. It is oh, 100%, yeah. fast, strong. Um, they didn't get a sniff, really. It, was, it more or less came from the wing player. Um, they created the chances, and that's became a recurring theme throughout our season. Teams tend to attack us down the wings because we're either pushing forward or we're just very, like, very weak very weak there essentially I remember the Chef Wednesday game where we conceded was it three in the first half three or four in the first half all oh, came oh, yeah. from the wing every single one of them um, and that's why we resulted to like the five of the back system because we weren't able to deal with the crosses and we still haven't been able to deal with them um, I do wonder if we've been found out with that wing back system absolutely. because they like Brentford did it so well yesterday they were picking the pockets of space and yeah. they were getting in behind, and they have the players to do that because yeah. they've got the pace and, and well, just the quality. Yeah, we resort to a thought. I was, was going to say, I don't know why they, it seemed a bit weird the, the formation at the at the start. And I was thinking, what are we lining up? It was Obviously, a four, you, two, three, three, one, you, yeah. you said in the group a four two three one, but yeah, it just seemed a bit. We've had so many formations this season. I think we, and there's nothing kind of wrong with that to, to keep um, changing it and trying to find the best. But at the same time, it's kind of you know try and get something that that fits and stick to it. Find the best players that fit. Obviously, we've had a lot of injuries and, and whatever else but it just seemed a bit strange and then when I look back at the um, average positions from yesterday Colson and Johnson were on top of each other they, they, <laughs> they didn't like they, they weren't they were were they <laughs> yeah no. quite physically like on the pitch on top of each other <laughs> yeah they were all, all marking pairs <laughs> um, <laughs> no they were obviously they're trying to play exactly the same role because um, both of them are attacking minded so it's 
Yeah, it was I a think. bit of a clash down that side. So it? obviously when you compared it to the other side, Johnny Housen was obviously a little bit further forward than the um, centre-backs, but in a respectable position, whereas obviously Coulson and Johnson were just you know trying to do exactly the same role, and that's where we were getting found out. So um, you've got to... You know, if you're going to have Colson in the team, I think you've got to have a back five. It's not going to. It's almost like what we were saying about Bowler um, earlier on in the season. It, you know, I think it probably would have it would have still been four one if you put Colson in that defeat against Sheffield. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I think we've got to keep a formation, stick to it. Obviously, yeah, there's flaws in in every formation, and teams are going to try and exploit you, but just be <laughs> sounds similar. But just be better at what you do. Just yeah. be better at your your. Um, your training like, and, and formation and stuff. So, just, like, just speaking about clashes, how brutal was that Boris kit yesterday? Oh, we deserved to lose for that kit alone. Jesus I didn't know what was Christ. going on. Christ, um, it was it was three kits, wasn't it? It was from <laughs> last season's away top, this year's home shorts, and then last season's uh, socks. I don't even know what was going on. Off it, man, isn't it? I tell you we, what. I mean, we were probably going to lose anyway because of that bloody Tony Pulis throwback home shirt. A wear shirt. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty true. But speaking of Tony Pulis, we scored from a corner. Oh, we so did. It was a good corner. To be fair, it was Tav, wasn't it? Yeah, Tav yeah. knocked the ball in. Nice little glancing header as well. Brought us level. Um, but when we went level, um, we decided to bring on three strikers um, in the game. Uh, <laughs> so, obviously, given that in mind, for me, when I was watching the game, um, I thought we were getting over random midfield that you mentioned earlier, and it just seemed to me that we needed to bring on like a. Could bring on Adam Clayton um, or, or Avon Morrison. Um, try and not, not pretty much sure things up a little bit. And what we were doing really well yesterday was getting them on the counter attack because uh, they were putting so many bodies forward, and we would break with pace, which was something I would never thought I would say. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, it was down to them to win. They they have the pressure to win. Um, we we didn't need to necessarily win. Well, obviously, we we kind of do maybe to, to stay up mathematically, but. You know they they um, need the result more than us. So like you said, we, we should have just done that and tried to try to frustrate them really instead of trying to to go mm. for it. So I wouldn't say it was more of like a frustrating uh, thing. I think if you bring on Adam Clayton in that scenario and you probably took wing off um, or, or Savile, um, but no, probably I would have took wing off actually. I would have took wing off and um, yeah, put McNair further up the pitch. Um, and brought Clayton in because Clayton shows it up and, mi- and commands that centre of the midfield, which I think we lost for the majority of the game. Um, and for me, uh, do you think it was a? I think it was a clear case, Dana, of of Woodgate managing with his heart over his head. Yeah, I think there was definite naivety there because my substitutions would have been bring on Brit, which obviously you did, yeah, was- but instead of Metcher and and Rudy, bring on Ravel Morrison and and Clayton. Um, like you mentioned, um, there's just no point putting on a load of strikers. And I think with Woodgate, you're always going to get a manager that wants to win a game. But you've, I think he's got to understand that it's Brentford. You know, a point against Brentford would have been fantastic. But it's always that risk versus reward, isn't it? And unfortunately, it backfired. And um, hopefully, he, hopefully, he doesn't go gung ho and, and just pile a load of strikers on. Like it's just the worst. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, top heavy, just yeah. too top heavy and. Um, I'm really surprised Real Morrison wasn't put on because I thought we needed that little bit of creativity whilst also keeping it, you know, giving that protection at the back. And for me, I, I would actually make the argument that Clint probably should have started the game because, mm. like I said last week with Wing, he's not the type of player that will get stuck in defensively. Not 
it's not down to a lack of effort, but I just don't think he's that type of player. So if you want to stick with a you know a point, stay out of the game. You don't, you know that the, we were just anonymous in midfield to to make sure that we we kept that point. And it was just a, such a shame that that we didn't um, get anything out of the game in the end. Yeah, a point would have been nice, but now that leaves Borough with eight wins out of thirty-one. Uh, Borough now the second lowest scorers in the league with thirty-two. Um, the sixth lowest in away form as well. Um, and well, it's, we've got the next. The next three games are uh, obviously they've got Wigan on Tuesday, got um, Barnes, no, got Luton on Saturday, and then Barnsley away following that. Um, look, the brutal reality is uh, when you put all the stats there, it's not particularly great. Um, we haven't won a game since New Year's Day, and um, that was obviously away from home in the two-no win against. Oh, West Brom. Um, so, is it time for Borough to start looking over the shoulder now again? Because teams around us are picking up points, eight wins in, out of 16 for Michael O'Neill's um, Stoke City. Huddersfield start picking up points every now and again. Wigan, they won two in a row, nearly won three in a row um, yesterday. And that's a massive game coming in on Tuesday as well. So, Borough need to start picking up points. Doesn't matter either way you look at it. Um, I think everyone's saying, especially on Twitter and on Facebook, they're saying, ah, well, we could have won that one or we should have picked up a point there. The brutal reality is we haven't. Um, so should Borough really be looking over the shoulder again? Um, because technically we are still in that relegation scrap and we, even though we won four games um, in a row, we would have won four out of 31 if we didn't. Um, and we would have been pretty much in the relegation zone. Um, so we know how quickly it can change. So are we actually in that dogfight and should we be looking to get ourselves out of it again? I think we, we always were. Um, and it's just like I mentioned just after that good run on form really where um, you're regressing um, to the mean of of the average of where you're supposed to be really. Um, it's obviously all those wins came in one which made it look a lot rosier and then everyone was like, oh, we're going to beat Fulham away from home. When really it was it was probably never going to be the case, um, but I think because they all came in that short spits of time, you're thinking that it, it's going to continue. And then obviously now we've had a poor run of form in the short space of time. We haven't won in a, not even the same amount of games, but longer now. Um, and and you've just got to say, well, it was probably going to be like that. Just that all those wins came in one period. If they were spread out, it's kind of obviously we'd be on exactly the same points, same stats, and everything. Um, eight and thirty-one is around about a quarter um, wins out of your games played. So if you're going to project that to the end of the season, we're only going to win four more games. Um, so another 12 points on what we've got now would be 48. Get a couple more draws, take over to 50. Probably enough maybe to stay up. Um, judging on how far behind some of the others are, we're going to seven behind. Barnsley, um, 11 behind. And Luton, 12 behind. So... Especially if in these next three games, I think we've got to pick up, got to be targeting. I think five to seven is good. Um, four or below, I think, is is unacceptable, really. Um, but I mean, you know, each game's going to be hard. It's it's not like the it's a walk in the park. The all three of those teams are, you know, sometimes probably more up for it than, than we are because they're the ones that are in the relegation zone and, and they need to fight for it more whereas it's um, maybe the players for us now kind of see it as maybe oh well, everyone thinks we're going to stay up so it's a bit of a bit of a free hit so um, 
yeah, I think when you kind of put it like that, it's, it's very poor, 18-31. Um, and I think Woodgate, I know you'll come on to him a bit more in, in DL, but the third worst win percentage ever as Borough manager, I believe. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean but that, that's the thing. It's, a, it's been a transition season. I don't think a lot of people expected much. And then it swayed to and fro a lot. So it started really badly, it picked up, it looked very good. And now it's kind of people are starting to feel a doom and gloom again because we haven't won since New Year's Day. Um, but that can all change if we pick up seven points and out of nine in the next three. Um, which, if you look on stats and, and whatever else and um, form and, and teams that you should be beating, it's it's them. Because if you're looking now, okay, we lost to Fulham and Brentford. Teams are in the playoffs. We drew with teams around us like Blackburn and Birmingham. Now we've got to kind of prove that that's where we are by beating these three teams below us um, and cementing our place in that little kind of middle pack, really in the league. So yeah. we have to we have to beat all these teams: um, Wigan, Barnsley, and Luton for me. Because especially we've got uh, Leeds and Forest straight after that. So yeah, yeah. Th- those are games that we're not expected to get anything from. Mind you, with Leeds home, you you really never know. But for me, we have to beat the teams in around us. Like I said, we've had too many draws and. And it's so frustrating. That, and, you know, I said on Twitter last night that we've just had too many should-haves, you know, should have beat Blackburn, yeah. you know, with the, the chances that we had. Maybe should have beat um, Derby. Derby was one. Birmingham. Hull was definitely one. Yeah, there's just been too many cases yeah. of it, isn't there? And, um, yeah, these those are the games, the three that we've got coming up that, that we have to win. For me, nine yeah. points is, is what we need. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think I think anything below seven um, is unacceptable for me. I just think if you want to stay up this season and build on it, then you've got to pick up the points when it matters most. Um, but with Middlesbrough's season this year, Dana, um, with the young players that are coming through, um, and a lot's said about young players and their inconsistency, um, does that just reflect on what Borough's position is on the table as well? We've got a lot of young players in the team now. They're inconsistent. Borough's form's inconsistent. So it's yeah. parallel, really. Yeah, I mean, we are mid-table, so I wouldn't expect anything... Anything more than that, I don't th- like when. Well, before the season started, I expected us to be where around about where we are. Um, didn't expect it to be as you know the lows to be as low as they were um, before the turn of the year. But yeah, we've got a young team. I think we've got an interesting blend of of um, players that before the start of this season probably would have left. You know, you probably would have saw like Marvin Johnson, for example, last season alone on Sheffield United didn't get a, a look in there. Wasn't getting a look in. Uh, at Borough under Tony Pulis, so you're not expecting players like that and Fletcher actually to have much of a future at the club. So you know there there has been an interesting blend, um, and yeah, young players are you know they're inexperienced, so they're always going to make mistakes. And um, yeah, I mean we we are where where we are, and I think we are where we should be. Mm. Well, on on the, on a Brighton note, Paul Merson said yesterday that if Middlesbrough are a team to watch next season. Um, take that with a pinch of salt, of course. With, a few, with, with a few people have said that. A few people have said that. Of course, uh, they're going to say, "Well, it depends what what division you're in, really." So we can't really write off anything yet because worst come worst case scenario, we lose all three. Um, then you think, "Well, we'll get out, see you later." Um, that's the br- uh, that's brutal reality. You probably have, well, if we got if we picked <coughs> up no points, we'll get would have to go. Like, and, and do you it, think? I, I think you have to like. It's a lot said about a transition or a failure season. Like a transition period is, you think, okay, you're gonna probably finish what mid table. Um, 
failure is going from 7th to 18th, 19th. That's... But it is a different manager. You know, you've got Tony Pulis on one end of the scale who's an incredibly, you know, experienced manager and then a completely inexperienced manager. So, like, what do you really expect from that? I mean, you expect that with the facilities and what he's got, then you expect still mid-table. You still expect, like, the mid... Well, yeah, mid- sure, yeah. But I think if you finish, like, 18th, 19th, 20th, I think that's that's unacceptable. I think you've mm. you've got to look at it in, in the perspective of well, Millsborough is seen as a team that has always competed in the championship towards the top end of the table. They always have like even if you look at the nineties, uh, under Robson, but also back in well, say back in the day as well. Um, but Mills have always been that second division team. They've always competed. Um, so for me, it, it, we are underperform at the minute, but. It is that transition period, but how long can you give? So how long can you give? We'll get until you realise that it's becoming a failure. I think yes, there has been a lot of glimpses of success with what Oakgate's doing, but there's also a lot of naive, naivety and there's a lot of like, like really bad errors as well. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't manage football anymore, but if it's like what, like it's it, it's sometimes you think some of the basic stuff he gets wrong, you think, oh wait, come on, man, like take like one step forward and not try to like yes like yesterday was a prime example don't put three strikers on when yeah. you, when you essentially you're chasing the game like think think with your head like but I don't know man it's like how long can you how long can you give him like I do want him to succeed though like, <coughs> I want him to succeed I'm not saying like get him out but I'm saying like, if we finish like 20th you gotta like look and go like okay I don't think we will though I don't think we'll go down do you oh, I don't think we'll go down yeah we'll go but, but even then no, I think I probably have to disagree but I think if we're in a relegation fight I think any place um, then going down is good it might kind of seem bad and we'll look back and I think god 20th last year that, that that's awful um, but at the same time we've we've got through it we've got past it um, and a lot of the young lads have had first team experience pretty much all season um, if, they, if they all continue to play so going to that with um, bringing in some new players in the summer, maybe getting some people back on loan, um, filling in the gaps that we need to fill, um, finding a, a definite formation that we're going to play because he's chopped and changed a lot this season. Um, you know, maybe have a bit more money now that you know you've got Randolph off, and you might get one or two more off in the in the summer. Then it's kind of looking a bit better and. It might be one of those where I'm not going to sit here and say now we could challenge for the playoffs, but we know how tight things can be in the championship sometimes. And some clubs now, maybe where if you look, I don't know Blackburn for example, where they're always about five or six points off, um, and they just need those runner games um, where they can get in. Um, you know, could we be that level next season, mm. and then the year after, will we be playoffs potentially pushing? pushing um, uh, to automatic so it's it, it, like I say it, is, well, it was a three year project so it's kind of if that happens in three years great we'll look back and think okay well that year was a bit brutal we've we seen some bad football we've seen some individual errors on a on a, a bad scale both defensively and defensively but um, it's worked in the long run so um, we just kind of got to get through it like I say it's averages and, and um, means and, and statistics um, and I think at the moment it just again it's going back the other way like I said from how it was earlier in the season because we haven't won in a couple of games but you know, we win on Tuesday everyone kind of forgets about yeah, it, it again changes, and it kind, of, it? it kind of goes away so um, it, it's hard to obviously say without seeing you know seeing the future but I think I think we will get some 
a good number of points from these next three games and um as I said I think we'll be we'll be sorted after then. I think if you were gonna project it like I said, we get four more wins. So if we get any more than that, um we're definitely going to be safe, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I think I think you need six. I think you need about six wins to really just hit the hit the nail well, on the well, head. There's, there's fif- off, yeah. fifteen left. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. if we get six and a couple of draws, we should be all right. Obviously, you kind of want to aim higher than that, and we can kind of sit here now and be like, oh, "That's you know, it's kind of a uh, a grim prediction, really." But um, it is what it is. We you know we have a young side. We have um, probably some players I wouldn't say a top end level championship players at all. So what can we what can we really expect? And you know, Marvin Johnson is what he is. I, I don't think he'll be here next season. I know he, he in parts this season um, he's played his role well but you know we, we signed him from League One he hasn't really made the step up he's he's a bottom half championship player to you know I mean? it, it's almost how some of the other League One players that don't adapt and, and become um, a top end championship player and, and move on to the Premier League a lot of them will get that move up because they've smashed it in League One they're too good for it Le- they're too good for League One but you know, not good enough for the, the Premier League mm. they're alright in the Championship there's a lot of them like that and it's the same for we mention all the strikers all the time in the Championship whether they'll smash it in the Championship and they never do it well in the Premier League <laughs> so it's, a, it's the same ball game there with people like uh, Marvin Johnson and you know Jamal Lowe possibly as well Marcus Madison could follow the same route at Hull um, we don't know yet but yeah, yeah. Mm. do you think Millersborough are a team to watch next season if they did stop obviously we will I think we will but do you think they're a yeah. team to watch next year I would say so. I know that um, there there is a lot of negativity around when we lose, um, but you know during that run there were some real good positives to take from it, and I think that you know next season the likes of Coulson, Pears, Spence, you know these players that weren't really getting a look or weren't expected to get a look in before the season started, they'll have had more experience now. So um, you know it's it's definitely. I think we are a team to watch. I don't know. I think that things have to click and click consistently at some point. And I've always believed in in this project and Jonathan Woodgate, so there's no real reason for me to go back on that and say no. But I I do genuinely think that that we will be a team to watch uh, next season. We have to have another good window. um, Oh, yeah, 100%. I think we've had a fairly good window on on paper um so far i mean we haven't had any wins from it like but i think if you look at the sort of quality of players it's um perhaps better than the, the summer transfer window um so i think we need a another one another another good one to complement the players that are coming through and, and some of the players who we might keep on um if we offer them new contracts and so on um so i think we've we've got to have a good window and um get out of the players who definitely you know if they don't want to be here then um you know, then let them go and get players in who do want to be like what, like the line that Woody keeps reiterating, isn't it? So um, do that and you know play the players who've all signed the the new deals in the past week or two. Who knows? Mm. What do you think? Do you think we're a team to watch next season? I think so. I think, like I said, uh, there is flashes of play which are really positive, and then there's also parts of play which are just. Horrendous to you watch. You pull your hair out at it, don't you? You do. You do put your hair out at it, um, and I, th- I think we've got the right fundamentals there to get forward and to get going again. Um, but it's just, I think, it's just a matter of time um, until we we eventually start clicking. But it's like thirty, like I mentioned earlier, it's like thirty-one games in. How long does it take for a team to click? Who a majority of them have played 
like with each other for like the last yeah. how many seasons. So it is true. I but think the... I think you could say that about Norwich though, because you think yeah, exactly, they yeah. took the full season, mm-hmm. and obviously the next year they, they went and did they win the league? Was it? I'm sure they were the one that came second year, but um, yeah, you know they finished 16th, and I bet a lot of the fans are thinking there, you know, who's this Daniel Farker? You know, the, what, what are we doing finishing 16th in the championship? Um, and then the next year, you kind of think, well, you know, it's, it's all worth it, really. Um, yeah, might come back down again now, so it doesn't matter. But, oh yeah, um, the long gone. But, <laughs> but it's uh, it, it's one of those where you know the, 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 sometimes to have that season is like a. And I keep saying it a lot, but a free hit. You've you've stayed up. You've got it out of the way. Um, all those players have then played together. Um, there's no. It's it's kind of like saying how long's a piece of string on how long does it take to click. But you've had that full season um, going into it next year. The fresh mind. There's no there's no deficit that you have to make up. Everyone's sat on a level playing field. Um, if you're going with a good mentality, good preseason, good window. Um, then, yeah. yeah, there's yeah. no time frame for you know a team to click and, and really come into their own. I think it it really does depend on on the context. For example, you could have a team that they have all the attributes to be good, but something's not quite right at, at you know a high level at the club. You know, we've spoke about this before on on the podcast about Borough, and um, you just got to give it time. I think, and this is the first season of Jonathan Woodgate's managerial career. It's it's never going to go plain sailing. Even when we were winning games, I knew that it would come back and we, you know, we'd revert to the so-called usual form that, that we've become accustomed to seeing this season. But, you know, we've just got to stick it out and, and just believe in, in like the project that mm. we're going forward with. Yeah, he's had a lot of injuries this season, but there's obviously we need to really kick on now. <laughs> like, like, like you say as well about sort of... Um, how things can change quickly if you look at seven points from the relegation zone, but eight points from the top half. So, depending on which way it goes, you could we could look in um, a week's time and think you know, one point off the top half. That's how but weird this that's league how is. Weird it, that's how, how quick it can change. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so. look at the look at the top six. I think is, is it is it one point or something separating the top six now or something mm, daft like something that something like that yeah I looked at the table uh, yeah. last night three, after four the point. Um, absolutely mental in it mm. three but, points between West Brom in first and Brentford in fifth let's see it's the championship figure yeah, isn't remember, it was it the season we went up or was it the season before where it was like four teams on 66 yeah, points yeah I remember that one oh, point yeah. Yeah. Like that. yeah that was uh yeah, that that was a very nerve-biting <laughs> season, wasn't it? What's so. that, the playoff season where everyone yeah. hated um, the Sky Sports presenter because he had, you know, the, the, something about Bournemouth? You know, he was very, very highly... Yeah, that, that, yeah everyone was just banging on about Bournemouth, weren't they, for a good season, saying how good they are, and yeah. I don't know. It was, it was us, Bournemouth, Watford and Derby all on 66 and Norwich on 65. Um, at one point in the season, it was about this about this stage, I think, maybe mm. a little bit more. Um, and yeah, they'd obviously it still finished really tight. Um, in the end, and I think fifth, sixth, and seventh, um, that yeah, all finished on the same points. And obviously, I think Ipswich in on goal difference into the playoffs. Mm. <laughs> so it was just like it was it was crazy how it happened, really. Um, yeah. But it just sums it up, though, doesn't it? Like in that season, we beat Norwich four four one at the Riverside, then beat, beat them one nil at yeah. Carroll Road, and then they they beat us in the playoff. In the final, game so. that mattered, yeah. Yeah, so it it really like 
you know, nothing is set in stone in the championship. You know, no team is too good to to go down. No team is not good enough to go up. You know, anything can happen. And um, sometimes it is just down to luck and, you know, referee decisions, for example. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean... It, it is going to be interesting next season, definitely, because especially, you know, with Adrian Bevington gone from the recruitment team, you know, as soon as January 1st hit, we signed two players, didn't we? Well, the first, like, two two days we signed Metcher and Roberts. So the summer transfer window is going to be really interesting, in my opinion. It would be good mm. to see who we can bring in. Yeah, we have to. If we, if we stay up next year, we have to have to start well. We have to, or there'll be massive pressure. Um but who knows there. But let's move on. Let's chat about Wigan. Um, <laughs> under Roberto Martinez, I used to love when he used to say that. Um, but, <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to pass the mic over to you. Um, it's absolutely massive, this game. It's huge. It's huge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> I haven't even impressions are you going to do, are you? I love it, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. going to do Nathan Jones next. <sighs> oh, what did yeah, he say? Wonderful. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Doesn't matter. Got beat six 0 Ah, oh, we played wonderful. <laughs> Love it. Right, go on then. Pass. I'm passing the mic over to you. Um, that's I've got a bit in them. Obviously, we sort of um, all know the beat Leeds the other week. You pay. Um, but yeah. Um, obviously, they won two in the last three. It's not hard to beat Wigan. It's not hard to beat uh, Leeds at the minute, like is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, won two in the last three. Um, so form maybe taking a bit of a turn. Obviously, um, lost to Preston yesterday. Um, two one. So. Um, yeah, I mean, you can take from that what you will. They obviously are fighting for their lives. They're going to um, be playing a lot better. So it, it is going to be a tough game. I think the other win, as well as Leeds, was against Sheffield as well, wasn't it? So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, before that, they were on quite a poor run of form. But it's, it's hopefully we can put an end to that. But um, they normally play a 4-2-3-1, but I noticed um, for that pressing game, they played a 5-3-2. Um, so I don't know whether they maybe trying to switch that formation because it doesn't seem like they've got a lot of injuries um, so the, the kind of they put uh, Anthony Robinson so good for him by the way that is his Milan move fell through oh, oh no. mate, I must so, be heartbreaking that. Yeah. But he, he's been uh, learning Italian on Duolingo as well for like the last three months waiting for that move to come through <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um, you know He's a really good player, so um, I think he could be quite dangerous in this. Uh, they're playing a, a you know five three two three five two, um, whatever you want to call it. That um, yeah, with him uh, sort of left wing back, um, Burn right wing back, uh, Nesmith. Dan Burn, wait, that's not Dan Burn. No, no it's like, I was going to say Dan Burn right wing back. He no, it's like um, B Y R N E. Um, oh right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Naismith, uh, Kipra and Che Dunkley, uh, Williams, Morsey and Evans, centre mid, um, and Moore and Jamal Law up front. Um, so Jamal Law has been essentially turned into a, a forward for them. I, I remember when they obviously came at the Riverside, he was he was quite threatening actually, and I thought when we scored it was kind of against the run of play because he, he was quite dangerous. So I mm. think he's um, one to watch, especially when he lines up, he lines up on the, the left-hand side. Of that, so he'd be linking up well with um, Robinson. So um, that's if they kind of stick to this formation. I don't know if they had it the game before as well, but um, they've played it twice. Um, but the majority of the season they played a four-two-three-one, so they might be changing that now. But interestingly, I looked that uh, Jay Dunkley's a top scorer for <laughs> 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 Wigan at centre back on six. Well, I did read is... that they're like the lowest 
home scorers. Right. Okay. Uh, that was I think that was Sky Sports is uh, like yeah. advertisement of uh, of the Preston Wigan game the other day, which I don't know why they televised really. To be honest. Yeah. There's well, some games that I picked for TV, and you think, why was yeah. this? Why was this? The chosen? two the two lowest scorers go head to head at the DW. Yeah. Wasn't Wigan? Yeah. Oh God. Nil, nil, nil. <laughs> five, five. <laughs> I actually, I actually went to the Wigan away um, last year, and it was a nil, nil, and it was probably one of the worst games I've ever seen live. Okay. I don't, th- I, I don't remember a thing. I remember one chance that Brit probably should have scored, but it was an atrocious game of football. Love I, to I see couldn't it. believe that. It was a good day out, but I couldn't believe that we actually like paid the money to go watch it. I, I don't remember <laughs> anything happening in the game. I remember Nick Powell making a pass. And Brit missing. There was like nothing else happened in <laughs> the game. Paul made a pass. Honestly, if you I look like back, at, if you look back at those stats, they'd probably just they'd probably just be because no one probably made any because they got <laughs> bored and fell asleep. So yeah, um, good game then. Yeah, so hopefully it's not like that again. If any Borough fans are travelling down, um, <clears throat> so yeah, that, that's all I really have. And injuries as well. They have uh, three players out. Um, Kieran Dowell, uh, is it Dujon still? Do they have him alone? Oh, well, um, yeah. And uh, Danny Fox. So. Thought, Sterling's a good player. Didn't you say he was at Ipswich? I don't. It might. It might not. It might not be that Sterling. Then there's there's, there's too many of them these days. Yeah, I don't my Ipswich save. I've just left Ipswich. By the way, I was. Uh, I won the Champions League with him. Ah, it's and, getting too easy. And then. so I left, and I went to um, Real Madrid. I'm a sellout. Mm, that's a move. Yeah, Ipswich well, to Real Madrid. I've been learning Spanish, so I just thought, you know what, I'm <laughs> yeah, well, Spanish I'm, for three months on Duolingo. <laughs> yeah, on Duolingo. <laughs> so I thought, you know what, let's just do it. Right. Is that your dinner? No. Do you want the uh, jinx stat of the of the day? No. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Right. Middlesbrough are undefeated in the last ten matches against Wigan in all competitions. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> They've got no wins against us in the last six. Well, there you go. There's there's <laughs> there's two in one there's, there. There's three nil Wigan nailed on. I'm gonna put that on me bet. And also, uh, we've kept a clean sheet in our last four matches against Wigan in all competitions. So we've got a good record against them, but all good records do come to an end at some point. Let's just hope Look it's at Brentford. Not. Look at Brentford. Yeah. We went. We exactly. used to beat them all the time, being beaten four times in a season, and then now they're doing doubles over us. It's a, it's a sad, yeah. it's a sad state of affairs, to be honest. Uh, as well as that, um, Wigan have drawn their last three home matches against Millsbury in all competitions. So one that reflects a little bit better on Wigan, but... All in all, it seems as though our form against them is is pretty good. Looking at some um, old results, uh, 1-0 was the last meeting against them. Then 0-0, that will be the one that you, that you just mentioned, Elliot. Then 2-0 to Borough, 1-0 to Borough, 1-1 and 0-0. So doesn't seem to be an awful lot of goals in these games. It's got 5-5 five, five written all over it. I'm going to put an under 2.5 on this, like... Can't see much happening here. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, that's what one of these um, stats five, says five. as well. That we're going to have seen under two point five goals in their last six matches against Borough in all competitions. It's it's so definitely it's gonna, gonna be five five. Gonna be, I was just about to say it's going to be tight. Five five. It's all drawn. It. It's tight, isn't it? <laughs> True, but yeah, um, probably one of those games where it's it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be a really ugly, scrappy game whoever comes out on top or if anybody comes out on top it's it's not going to be one that the neutrals watch with particular enjoyment if any neutrals will watch it all <laughs> any, <laughs> any, any like journalists or presenters that have to <laughs> I know, yeah. it's not gonna it's not gonna put me bums on the seat is it really oh, no, uh, let's not. have your score predictions guys oh are we log in these now from now on yeah, let's, let's start we'll write it down and we'll we'll keep track here 
Well, based on those stats, I'm going to go 1-0 Borough. 1-0 Borough for dinner. Else? Um, I'm actually, even though I said I'm probably going to bet under 2.5, um, I'm going to go in my score prediction 2-1. Um, to Wigan? To Borough. Uh, I'm going to be quite <laughs> positive this week. Um, I, I just think if we can... I know football doesn't work like this, but I think if we can score two at Brentford, I think we can you know, definitely score against two against Wigan. So, um, but you know, who knows? Uh, yeah, but I'll go for two one. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, it swings and roundabouts. Roundabouts really. When uh, you score two at Brentford, that means that we're not going to score at Wigan, in it. <laughs> so, um, I, don't I reckon know. you should go five all just just to give. Me yeah, just for fun. I, I might just say five all. You know what I mean? Uh, give, give me a dinner, a head, head start. start. On this give you a head start. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go five all, and I'll also go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go a draw as well. I'll go one all draw. Um, is what it is. If we get beat, oh Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> that's like if we. I think if if we can get a good result, that's like massive for them. And we, we, as it, we can add the closest one to us out of that bottom three. So I think this is the, the more crucial one out of yeah. the three. So if you, if you win this one, it hits like once it's like the end of it, and we can relax. It's like well, I think if we have, we can, we can relax a little bit more again, but it's still not fully over. But I think we definitely need to win. Please, Borough. Just win. <laughs> one nil defeat. One nil defeat. Yeah, <laughs> get, get to beat three nil. Two men sent off. <laughs> Dawn, I have no options. <laughs> uh, right, that wraps things up, guys. Um, thank you very much uh, for joining me, um, guys. We're listening. Give us five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Help us get found and get charted. Um, if you're not following our pages, please do follow us. But I'm going to leave um, and chat about Grant Leber. Uh, Grant Leber is being given compassionate leave at Sunland Grant. We're with you, your magic, we all know. This is the Board Breakdown Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out.